Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies podcast. It was, well, let's just say the Blackhawks didn't have a good week. I think this was kind of um, expected at this point, the way the roster is now. And yeah, it was um, three losses, five-game losing streak. And I'll just ask you, Michael, what do you think? Well... I, I can't say it was all that unexpected that they got uh, beat into the ground by Florida and Tampa, uh, especially on the road. Um, that's two teams that they are just not going to be able to compete with unless those teams decide not to show up. And they both decided to show up. <clears throat> so, yeah, those two games were definitely can't really call it disappointing because it's just it is what it is. The Blackhawks don't have the talent to match them. Uh, I did actually miss the Florida game, uh, which I know was Jonathan Taves' 1,000th career game, Um, but uh, that that wasn't a game that I actually got a chance to to watch. Um, The Tampa game was, uh, (laughs) you know, just not not a great, uh, not a great effort. and then, you know, the more disappointing game of the three would certainly be the Arizona game. You're playing them at home against perhaps the worst team in the conference, or at least close to it. And, and a team with um, injuries that have right. hopefully limited them even further. Right. And, you know, not only that, but you did take an early lead. Uh, the Blackhawks have had a decent record when they've been able to get on the board first. They were able to do that in this game, but, uh, you know, just weren't able to finish the job. And there were, um, you know, after playing, I think, pretty well for the first half of the game, uh, Arizona kind of found a bit of energy, I think, and the Blackhawks just weren't able to match it as the game went along. And they did end up tying it late and sending the game into overtime. And the overtime was fantastic. That was that was a, a really entertaining overtime, despite the fact that, you know, the Blackhawks obviously did not come out on top, but it was just uh, wonderful end-to-end action. Uh, it was a pretty decent game for Kevin Lankinen. Uh, he made a lot of stops late in the game, and then in overtime uh, that kept the Blackhawks in it and gave them a chance to win. They ended up getting a point out of it, so... You know, uh, not a complete and total loss, but it, uh, yeah, certainly a disappointing outcome given the circumstances. And, you know, there were a lot of energy in the building as they celebrated Tapes' thousandth game, um, you know, since, since uh, the, the actual game fell while they were on the road. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool to see the, the pregame ceremony there with all of his former assistant captains and current assistant captains coming out and presenting him with the, the silver stick and all that. So, so, you know, as usual, the Blackhawks did a, a really wonderful uh, video montage and all that. Um, they've always been always good on point with that. Yep. Yeah. They just, yeah. You didn't miss anything in the Florida game. Cause I do not. <laughs> let's just say I did not make it all the way through that one. They turned it off a little early because... Don't blame you. Yeah. 
they were there. Yeah, that's that's not a good matchup for the Blackhawks. I mean, at least with Tampa Bay, um, you know, they're not quite as swift of skating as they were a few years ago. Uh, you know, that 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 core is starting to age a little bit, just like the Blackhawks did. I mean, they're kind of entering in the into the like the 2015 phase of the Blackhawks. And um, whereas Florida still, uh, you know, an up and coming team a little bit, they're a little more fleet of foot. That that game against the Maple Leafs the other day that they scored like seven goals. So, right. Yeah. I mean, Florida has not only speed, but size as well and structure to go along with it. They're just a really solid team and a really bad matchup for the Blackhawks. All right. So, yeah, there's, um, I mean, Lewis Reichel did get called up again, which makes sense because I think Rockford is still in the playoffs, but. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't paid a lot of attention to Rockford of late. Um, but I do know they're they they've gotten to the point where they're fairly secure with their playoff um, seating. So I think the Blackhawks are going to go ahead and take the opportunity to give Reichel a opportunity to you know at least play a handful more games, uh, burn off the first year of his entry level contract up in Chicago, and then I'm sure he will be sent back down. Uh, f- probably for the last couple of games in Rockford and then heading into the playoffs so that he can get a little more experience there as well. But yeah, um, he'll be back up. And uh, at least from the practice lines today, he's going to be playing on a wing um, and playing on Jonathan Taves's wing. Uh, It was an interesting line combination in that um, Taves was flanked by both Reichel and Kirby Doc. Yes. So uh, I'm very curious to see how that's going to go because, you know, both of those guys are, you know, been playing center most of the season. And I'm sure it's the Blackhawks hope that they both end up being centers long term. But, uh, you know, it's not it's not a horrible thing to kind of ease these guys into roles like that. Um, And, you know, it's it's I I don't think it's any sort of. uh, determination at this point that the Blackhawks are set on Reichel being a wing or anything, but, you know, I mean, he got, he got an opportunity for five games to play center when he first came up, um, you know, it was mostly when the Blackhawks were dealing with injuries yes. and it was kind of more out of necessity than anything. And I think this time around it's more, Hey, we're going to get him up. We're going to move him around the lineup a little bit. You know, he's gonna, probably going to get a little more power play time maybe even give him some penalty kill time, see how he does there. And um, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for him. I would like to see them do the same thing with, you know, pick one of the defensemen down there and uh, give them a good, you know, half dozen games up here. I want to say the Blackhawks have 11 or 12 games left. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary to have, you know, anybody play all 12 of them. Yeah, but um, you give like um, guys like the Han and stuff, they can get a couple of rests. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Gustafson doesn't need to play at all. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I I would love to see Ian Mitchell get like you know five or six games, and then um, you know maybe Isaac Phillips comes back up for five or six games, and that 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 sort of thing. 
but uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting the Blackhawks to call up a, you know, a big handful of players. Um, uh, you know, I think one of the things that fans um, don't necessarily understand um, in hockey compared to other sports is after the trade deadline, you only get a certain number of recalls mm-hmm. uh, from the minors. So you can't just bring up your entire age, you know, all of the young players from your AHL team and, and yeah. give them opportunities. Um, you are definitely limited in, in what you can do. So the Blackhawks will have to be um, judicious, but I, I, there is the opportunity to uh, take a look at a couple of guys and, and give them up a cup of coffee. So I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're taking the opportunity with Reichel. Um, I know there was a lot of concern with whether or not the Blackhawks would be willing to burn his entry-level contract the first year of it this year. Um, they, they seem to be coming to the conclusion that uh, if they get to a second contract earlier, um, it probably ends up being a bit cheaper, um, kind of like what we're seeing with Kirby Doc this year, where you know he's going to become a restricted free agent and he's not yet had an offensive breakout if an offensive breakout is ever going to come for him. And so his second contract that he'll be signing this offseason is, you know, not going to be quite as high as it would be if, you know, he was, yeah. was having a 50 point season or something like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to, they're envisioning the same thing for Reichel. Uh, and so, yeah, getting him up here, I want to say he needs another five games mm-hmm. uh, in order to. It's eight games. Is that what it? I think it's ten games. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think he's played five already. So I think he needs to play another five. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, you know. And then other than that, I don't know that there's really been much of note in the the past few games. Yeah, there really hasn't been. You know, I mean, I know Dylan Strom hit the twenty goal mark for the second time in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, the break gets close to forty. To bring it as close to 40, you know, that would be the second time he could do it. And, you know, I, they even have enough games left where if he gets on a hot streak, he could maybe even challenge 50. Um, yes. That would be, that would be a cool accomplishment. And I want to say Kane is getting really close to a hundred points. Yes. Um, you know, which is obviously something he's done before, mm-hmm. but um, always a, a, a great accomplishment when you can do that, you know, especially on a team like this who has yeah. struggled to score all season. And the way he started, I mean, he started slow too. So, right, right, yeah. I mean, well, uh, he he was keep, well, yeah. he, he was getting the assists throughout the season, but he was struggling to score goals early. But uh, he's kind of resolved that issue the last uh, 20, 30 games or so. Yeah, but, but yeah it, it's kind of weird that you get the clock in your your mind that um, basketball usually ends after hockey and basketball is ending and hockey's still going, which is kind of weird. But I know it's because of the, um, the COVID shutdown, but. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been, it, it, COVID's been messing with things the last few years. And, and you know, honestly, I, I can't remember how they typically line up. I mean, I know they both, extend into the summer kind of past, you know, the point where most people realize that both of those sports continue on well into the baseball season sort of thing. But uh, yeah, traditionally yeah. um, basketball is about 10 days, 10 days ahead of basketball. Okay. After yeah. So you have hockey playoffs and then a week and a half later, 
basketball playoffs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. Um, sounds like that, that, you know, hockey's going to be behind this year. Um, you know, at least for Blackhawks fans, this isn't going to be a, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, an issue for watching hockey into the summer, unless they decide they just want to follow another team or keep track of the, the Stanley cup fly, uh, playoffs as, as they go on. But yeah. Um, at least the bowls, I guess, have a uh, playoff spot secured, uh, even though they've had a tough second half. So any Hawks fans, I guess, can take solace in that. That's right. Not me. Cause I'm not a bulls fan, but that is true. That is true. I, I, I guess I'm assuming, you know, uh, listenership but, it has a bit more overlap in, I would in think. you know, Chicago. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, and it, they, they do at least have a homestand coming up this week, mm-hmm. um, you know, continuing on from the Arizona game. Uh, it's a five game homestand in total. Uh, they get to play the Kraken uh, tomorrow night, which obviously a winnable game, just like the Arizona game was. Uh, hopefully Blackhawks can put together a better showing. And then, uh, you know, it's the Stars and the Kings and the Sharks. Uh, you know, none of them are fantastic teams, but they're all better than the Blackhawks. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's hard to call any of those games winnable, but they should at least be games that the Blackhawks can uh, compete in better than they could on, you know, on the road against the Panthers and the lightning like last week. Yeah. So you would think, yeah. And I, I don't think we have much more. No. Um, I get, I think maybe the only, the only thing we could probably throw out there is uh, Marion Hosa did sign a one day contract uh, that I guess takes place tomorrow so that he can retire a Blackhawk now that uh, his, you know, I mean, the Blackhawks traded away his contract um, to Arizona uh, a couple of years ago. And I guess it expired this past offseason. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I guess this is kind of the the formal uh, announcement of his retirement will be taking place tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously makes sense. He was in town for Jonathan Taves' celebration earlier this week. And so keeping... Keeping him around, and I'm sure there will be another nice uh, video tribute to Marion Hosa prior to tomorrow's game. Yep. So look out for that. And yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. And once the season um, ends, we'll probably take a little bit off. We'll be back for a little draft discussion. Yep. Yeah, and then you know, as as normal, if any big breaking news mm-hmm. happens over the off season, we'll jump any, on. Any big signings, we'll jump on. I'm not expecting that at this point, given the Blackhawks are going to be in rebuild mode. I, More I, likely, I um, if we jumped on, it would be for one of the big guys getting traded. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, you know, and and that would most likely occur at the draft anyway. So, you know, we might have a couple of weeks there where we um, can kind of handle the draft and any trade stuff. And if Um, um, calamity strikes and they win the lottery or get second in the lottery this year. Yeah, that would obviously uh, put the, uh, any draft coverage in a bit more of an intriguing light, (laughs) but 
Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know there was an article in the uh, athletic the other day talking about, you know, are, are we actually rooting for the Blackhawks to win the lottery this year, given that, you know, they uh, would then be forced to trade their 2023 first round pick to Columbus to complete the Seth Jones trade when the course, yeah. 20, 2023 draft is considered better at the top, but, you know, with no guarantee that you can win the lottery in 2023. Um, you know, unless the Blackhawks go full on tank mode and aim for the worst overall record, um, you know, that, 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 that's not something they can really bank on. Uh, if you, if you win the first overall pick this year, you're perfectly happy, uh, taking Shane Wright and, you know, that's, that's a, a, a good outcome. You know, I have mentioned in the past, the, I think the, the worst situation would be them winning the second pick this year because uh, there's considered a bit of a drop-off after right this year. And we'll, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, I think the odds that the Blackhawks will end up to get either. Uh, I, I think, I think they'll end up with like a six to 8% chance of the first pick and a six to eight chance for the second pick. So well, they just um, lose every game left which I don't think will happen. I don't think so either. Um, they've got, you know, a couple of games left against uh, poor teams and um, and a couple other games against non-playoff teams as well. And when you've got a lot that, of their games are at home as well. So. Yeah, and you've got um, Kane and Debrinket can win a game by themselves. So Right, yeah. I mean, we've seen that throughout the year. There's just, you know, the Blackhawks still tend to win some games that they – should lose. And I would imagine that will continue. <laughs> so. yes. All right. Well, that's it for uh, this episode and we will be back. Uh, Michael on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. I'm STH 85. And yeah, we'll be back next week as the uh, Blackhawks keep playing out the string. <laughs>